Welcome everyone to AVA Live Radio. You're listening to Behind the Music with Jacqueline Jacks. I'm so excited you're here because I'm going to be meeting with a very, very good friend out of California. He's from the Swinging Chads and his name is Randall McGowan. He's got a new song that I can't wait for you to sink your teeth in. It's called We're Gonna Be Free. We're going to play that for you at the end of the episode. He also has a new album coming out and some videos, so stay tuned for that. It's going to be really fun. I cannot wait. Here's the episode. There until about three years ago when I went over to his house to put some bass tracks on some of his newer stuff, and we kind of exhumed it from, the, from five decades of songwriting. And it just happened to be when I put it on the Swinging Chats CD that the film Harriet came out. And Harriet Tubman is this uh, woman that history brought to us to have the Underground Railroad to take people from the south to the north to freedom. And so it just happened to be <laughs> good timing. Uh, too bad the movie company didn't call me. I would have said, sure, take the song, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. To see the material, you know, this is the thing. And you're a songwriter, and you understand that you you just you're taking down the facts, and you're telling a story with music. And that's what I uh, wanted to do with this song, with the swinging jazz. I thought, well, this is a great opportunity. So we had some incredibly talented people contribute to it, and now we have planned a video. And in the course of the video, we're going to take pictures, hopefully. Uh, the director will take the pictures that don't cost any money. <laughs> <laughs> the kind we like and uh, of, of historical properties uh, across the, the uh, eastern part of the United States and the pictures of Harriet. She lived to be 103 years old, which is, wow, it's a good run. You know? Yeah, it is. Well, you know, people so, are living a lot longer than ever before today. You know, yeah, that's well, what today, it is. absolutely. If you look yeah. after yourself. I'm hoping to get at least 101 and, and still be able to play bass behind you in the band. I'm hoping so by the time I get back to California, right? <laughs> yeah. We don't fall in the water or get consumed by fire. I know. Oh, I'm so sorry again, you know, for all the losses and, and all the beautiful, beautiful things that California has to offer that are that are burning. You know, I hope, I know it takes so, so many years to bring it all back. But yes. It's you guys that you love California just like you do, and I'm sure that you're in it, you know, for the for the We're battle. In it to win it, that's right. We're gonna we'll get through it. Don't worry. I'm, you know, I've have a, I have the faith that says, well, let's get through today, and, and once we're done with today, good chance tomorrow you'll be invited to join. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to get through today. Yeah. So let me tell you a little bit, bit about the the way we did this album. Sure. We did the song. We. Uh, uh, I, I play bass with a, a, a church called the, the Praise of Zion, and the, the pastor is a keyboard player, and he's got a Hammond B3 there, and he's a wonderful musician. His name's Jonathan Green, and his wife, Lori Green, is also a pastor, wonderful singer, and she, for the, for the most part, is the leader of the choir. So when I was doing the song, I was talking to David, and I said, you know what we need? We need to have a girl singer, you know, just going off in the back end of the song. And to add to the vocals, you know, Johnny Fittipaldi and I stacked our voices about three times. So it sounds like about 12 people. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we brought her in, and she said, well, what am I going to sing? And I said, well, I want you to talk about Moses taking the people free from Egypt or, you know, heading across the Jordan, uh, some of the Old Testament uh, in 
song also, the, the very talented Doug Adams, who is my dear friend for many years, who uh, plays guitar, fiddle, and harmonica, and now lives in Las Cruces, New Mexico. And uh, he came out and did all these tracks for me. Norman, of course, on guitar, and uh, the great uh, Andrew Miller, our house engineer at Russian River Records, was the guy that was saying, Randy, are you sure? I said, yep, I, I want to do it like this. So I, I did the keyboard tracks. Jonathan was unavailable to do it, so I did all the keyboard tracks uh, over to Keith uh, Goddard's studio here, where he has a real Hammond B3. Did those there, and then uh, brought in Larry Otis to play like the Dobro slide guitar and mandolin. And then assembling all this, I called Stephen C., who had been my friend for the last 50 years. This is an incredible producer and musician. I said, I want you to make this real, because Stephen and I played with Dave back in the 70s and also the 80s. And he said, okay, uh, this is a Dave Harley song? Oh, yep. He goes, okay. And he took it, and he gave the kind of soundscape that brought it alive. Wow, that's awesome. So, so between that and the vocals and, you know, all the, the different... Uh, people that were co- contributing to the making this song to the highest of standards. I am so appreciative and very grateful of Kenny's studio and Kenny on drums, great drum work and, and tambourine. Don't forget the tambourine that goes off every so often the shakers. Those are all important. <laughs> so when we, we do the video, we'll, we'll do a live rendition of the song and uh, hopefully that will be December 2nd and 3rd. So it will certainly, you'll be the first person You'll say, what is this DVD doing here? And Cheryl will say, Randy sent it. Oh, got to put it on. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. It's really soon, too, December 2nd. Yeah, we're looking right after Thanksgiving. And, uh, and uh, of course, you know, the year will start to uh, close. I've already got a New Year's gig, which is good. I've been playing the same restaurant uh, in uh, in uh, Sonoma County uh, called the Farmstead, where they, you know, trick from the farm to the table type restaurant. Oh, that's, that's cool. Next year. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. But right where the wine train ends. So if you were to take the wine train from Napa, it would um, take you right do to they make, Do they make the wine too? Or is it from a they local venue? They do. I, I think nice. what has happened in that, particular, that that's cool. particular part of the world is that everybody that works together as a kind of a corporate uh, function in wine they all give you big choices of what to, what to take before it goes to grocery outlet. <laughs> What's your favorite wine right now? Like, is it a California vineyard that's local to you, or do you? Well, well you know, I don't. I don't drink. I haven't drank in about forty-two years. But oh, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things about me that I think it contributed to my longevity is that all those things that I did when I was about eighteen years old that were cataclysmic involved in uh, decreasing uh, the lividity of my health. I stopped. I, stopped I totally agree with you. I have to yeah. agree with you. I, I don't drink at all anymore either, and I swear my skin is so good for it. <laughs> it really oh, is. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, you know, there, there are people, you know, I call them the sip of saints, that, you know, contribute that to, you know, a sip of wine once in a while. It's good for the blood. My mother always said that. But I myself, I just don't think it's an attribute that's going to contribute to any more longevity than I already have. So I, I still, however, do eat hot dogs. Oh, no, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I, eat, I eat other carcinogenics, I'm sure, that, that are, I shouldn't. But once in a while, I say, I'm going to a ball game. Do you want to just have Cracker Jacks or do you want to have the dog, too? <laughs> some bratwurst. Something from the Midwest. 
how much I appreciate your staff of Jaime and Cheryl. They were oh, very, uh, you. you know, very, very, uh, very nice to me. I said, you know, I have these overcoming issues when it comes to Facebook. I can, I'm still trying to put up pictures from my last gig I did at the, at the, uh, the Nevada. In Nevada, I played the uh, Atlantis at least three times a year. Yeah. And I played there three weeks ago, and I had these pictures I wanted to put up. And Facebook, there was something just I could, couldn't get into the pictures to, to put them up. So I talked to Cheryl, our keyboard player, Dan Kellerman was on the, Kellison was on the gig, and uh, she put up some video on her, on her uh, Facebook of the band playing, you know, and, and doing some a couple original songs and some Rolling Stones and Beatles, etc. But I had somehow Facebook says, no, Randy, we don't want to see it. <laughs> We're tired. <laughs> Picture of Elvis and you. We know it's not true. Okay, it's been doctored, obviously. It's well, really it's weird. Facebook has been, yeah, they've, you know, these platforms, they get so popular, and then it becomes about monetizing the platform. And That's so right. everything is cut off, you know, and, and I hear you, you know, it's, it's like we've all switched platforms a lot. Like we still post to Facebook because we still have, right. you know, a bunch of people that, that do follow the links. We still get a lot of traffic f- through those links, even though you don't see any engagement on Facebook. They just, they just use it to leave Facebook. But right. then we, we also get on like Instagram who was really popular and now is starting to decline and reach because Facebook owns it. So you can see it going in the same direction. And it's like, why don't they learn, you know? So now we're moving over to TikTok. I mean, like, it's just, it goes like that. You know what I mean? I do. You just move well, around. What I enjoyed it. Facebook was, was watching and listening to you cook in the kitchen. Oh, you did like that? Wow. <laughs> they sent you a little heart, a throbbing testicle of, of my enjoyment of your recipes. And no what you way. Do. I was doing that for a little while. I think I ran out of recipes. <laughs> no, no. Well, how's your mom doing? What's going on with her? Is she feeling better? She is. Yeah, she's doing much better. You know, it's... It's, uh, yeah, it's a blessing every single day when somebody has a stroke and then they, you see them come back from something so dramatic and something that you just don't see coming. And it really is a test to the silent killer. A lot of people don't realize that they have high blood pressure and don't realize that the things that they're eating could cause this or stress, you know, even working out too much. And you yeah. just begin to learn after, unfortunately, something bad happens, and then you become educated. That's right. I take my blood pressure today was one thirteen over seventy nine. So oh, good for you. That's awesome. I'm very stealth now. That's much better. Yeah, it is. Right. You have to watch it. I mean, there's. It's so easy to eat the wrong things too. You know, I I got. I did not put up a video of me making pizza, but I made a healthy pizza. <laughs> And I started getting addicted to them. So like everything became a pizza, right? <laughs> like every wow. single thing I cooked was like, let's just throw it on the the pizza dough and that'll yeah. be dinner. And then we realized you're like, you know, we're starting to add more and more cheese. We didn't have Our, a lot of cheese in the first come. one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And that's well, how it goes. It, you know, we're, we're kind of inundated. If you watch television for an hour, Mm-hmm. you're going to be inundated. Well, here's the medicine to keep you healthy because you ate wrong. And here's the things that you ate, which were wrong, but we're willing to sell them both to you at a good price. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, very kind of oxymoron That's world great. we live in. But, uh, you know, my, my older son lives here, and uh, two years ago he had a stroke in New Zealand. Oh, and, wow, uh, really? 
and he's a, he'll be 47 years old in January. Oh, that's so but young. It's a blessing to have him here. You know, yeah. anytime you have a, a, a child that is a 16-hour flight away from you, and you hear of these kind of oh my goodness, yeah predicaments where you want to go to the hospital there in Auckland and say, okay, we're here for you. But uh, fortunately, he came came back. He's doing really good. So he's living here, helping Dad. He's fishing right now. We live right on a lake, so he's 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 catching bass. And I said, "Well, isn't that really bass? Because Dad's a bass player." And he goes, "Dad, you're so funny." Oh my gosh! Well, I'm so <laughs> glad he's okay. And that is so young yeah, to have a stroke. You. So young, but it can yeah, happen to anyone. Anybody. There you go. And a lot of it, I think, was uh, the uh, medication for diabetes. He has type A. Type one, whatever you want to call it, where you're, you know, doing insulin all day. All oh day, yeah, type one, right? And uh, he was uh, working hard at the construction job, and it's a job he went down. Oh yeah, so that'll do it. Oh my gosh. In the hospital. Scary I tell you, I've dad, I've been very very into yoga because of the decompression, yeah, oh, yeah. like the meditation and and just doing a lot more artwork these days, just to decompress because you know the job gets a little bit. Like Harry, you get up at six and <laughs> you keep going. And before you know it, yeah. like you have so much to do that it's easy to work well into the night. And there were times yeah. when I was literally on a 16, 80, 18 hour days. And I thought, you know, I've got to do something wow. else. Like come eight o'clock, I've got to cook. And that's where the cooking videos came, you know. And then I'm like, oh, I've got to do art. I've just got to do something creative that gets my mind yeah. off of work, you know. Well, my wife goes to yoga twice a week, which is really good. And, uh, yeah, it's so good for you. And they, they won't let me in because of the way I dress. So. <laughs> That's so funny, really. <laughs> suit. What's he doing here? Uh, what do I look like? You know, I want to do some yoga. <laughs> I got the down dog down, and I want to do the rise That's pose. Right. Gotta, Come on. <laughs> I got my dog in the air, and I'm ready to rock. You know? <laughs> But, you know, getting to your music, too, you know, I, I really enjoyed what you put up as far as you playing piano and serenading the multitudes that need to hear an interpretation of great songs. And you, you certainly satisfied my request last time I talked to you. Oh, thank you. It's very a sweet. effort there, and it was very, very nice to hear from you. It just, we need to start booking you with me and a really cheap drummer. There you go. See, we would, we would have it down in California. If I was out there still, we we'd be all over the place. Well, at least we know we'd be in Nevada. Yeah. <laughs> there's a little more opportunity. You know, I, I, I remember getting a call. I, I, do you know where the um, Lake Havasu is? Have you ever been there? Oh, Lake sure. Havasu is for the L London Bridge. And I had a booking agent named Robin Estermet, who was a, just Miss California, like 1975. Very sweet lady. And she worked with Al King, was a booking agent. They used to book to Bone Rommel's and the Sly and the Family Stone. A lot of the groups of that time period. And I became friends with her over the years, and uh, she would book me in these San Francisco places, these uh, these little uh, like bars. And uh, one day she called out of the blue, and she says, uh, "I want to get an open for Merle Haggard because the Johnny Paycheck is very ill and he can't do the opener." So I opened, and she started using me even more. And I guess I kind of, you know, showed her my vitals as far as the band at the time. So she called. She says, "New Year's Eve, what are you doing?" I said, "Well, it's like Thanksgiving." I go, "I made me plans. I usually have a couple places I play." And she goes, "I want you to go to the Blue Casino, Blue Lake Casino in Arizona, which is where a Lake Havasu is, and three nights, and everybody makes a thousand dollars per 
Oh my gosh, yeah. Wow. You sold me, and I go, what's your percentage? Yeah. She goes, I'll take 10. That never said so good. So we drove out to Parker, Arizona, which is, you know, a pretty good drive from San Francisco at the time. We did, we did it, and they liked us so much, they gave us an extra bonus of another grand. Oh, that's so great. That was the best New Year's Eve I ever had in my long span of playing New Year's Eve, especially out of town. Yeah. So uh, It's so great that you have have such a, a passion for live performance. I don't know where or, you know, like at what time I just kind of removed from that. And it, it's always interesting to me to hear somebody, you know, just so excited to play live and, and you know, and do it all over again. Because, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, absolutely. And one of the things I found as a bassist, that uh, the components to having a good performance is having a great drummer mm-hmm. and having a couple other people that sing lead vocals so you could do three-part harmonies. True, yeah. So I was able to uh, do that with this last opportunity. Uh, Norman couldn't go. Norman Collins, is his lovely bride of 30 years, uh, passed away. And so oh. I haven't been uh, Goodness. You know, bothering him yeah. to leave out of town. So I had Joe LaCocco, who was one of our regular Chad's guitar players, and... Uh, uh, keyboard player from Pablo Cruz and a drummer that lived indigenously, Scott Van Heim, who also sang lead vocals. And we just, you know, went through 120 songs for six nights, four hours a night. And what was neat is that I played with everybody as an individual over the last 15, 16 years. But having that composite together for the first time introduced kind of a newness, you know. Uh, Joe did another keyboard player, drummer, and I, mm-hmm. I knew both of them. And we were able to, you know, navigate not only through some songs like Blue Sunshine and Hate to Keep You Waiting, Lizard, but songs that, you know, from Joe Walsh to uh, Thompson Twins in the 80s and Bono and YouTube and all kinds of blues and uh, jazz. So it was a wonderful six nights of playing four one-hour sets. And at the end of that... Gosh, you know, I was so full of music. It was like having a, a, a fountain of music living in me and, and wanting to escape. So I wrote a new song when I got home. Um, of course, there was no power when I got home. It was a seven-hour ride from Reno to where I live. And so I wrote this new song on my grand piano. And during the course of that, I have a little Walkman that's about 30 years old, Sony Walkman. And I was looking for cassettes. Norman always sends me songs on cassette. And, you know, he does a couple songs and leaves a backside blank. <laughs> So I'm looking for kind of like a buzzer flying over the, the decayed bodies of songs that are living in my shelf there. <laughs> and I found this tape that I had written a song for this artist in 1983. And a very interesting story. His name was Noel McFarland, and he was a, a singer from Jamaica. And he had lost his voice and gotten it back again, not unlike myself with throat cancer, what, seven years yeah. ago now. Mm-hmm. And he was using me as a bass player to play all these going to Kenneth Nash's studio a great jazz percussionist with Miles Davis and Mongo Santa Maria that whole world of you know, percussionist and uh, Michael Hirsch was the engineer a great engineer friend of mine he had gone there and recorded now without me on bass you know because he used the session musicians there all jazz players uh, with hip pocket records at the time so on the way to a gig, I had this cassette because I had a little home, home Porta Studio, the Tascam Porta Studio 4-track. So I recorded uh, drums, bass, and guitar, and, and, and keyboards, and I sang parts myself for him. And uh, I put it in a cassette player, and he goes, i got to record this song. Mm-hmm. You know, he's in, so 
differentiation the differentiation between my original composition is that I'm not an opera singer. Maybe two, three penny opera or grand old opera, but not with a, a conviction and, and a trained voice this man has. And so I gave it to Stephen a couple nights ago, and I said, okay, we're going to do a country version of this with pedal steel, mandolin, and fiddle, and uh, release it as the next single off the next album. In the meantime, we're waiting for uh, uh, an order of vinyl to do 300 copies of the composite of 10 songs from the first two CDs. So now you know what your Christmas present will be. You have to get that painted gold and put it on the wall. Oh my gosh, I love it. Vinyl, that's awesome. I was just, yeah. uh, gosh, I remember my first vinyl record. <laughs> it's too yeah, much. You know, it was Jay Giles band and All right. a boy that I had a crush on <laughs> and like I was really young. <laughs> and and he uh he gave it to me for my birthday. So of course it really? was like so exciting, right? First final record and I had a crush on this boy and this is what he gave me. So Jay Giles band became my like Angel in the Centerfold at that time. Yeah. Became my Great favorite band. song ever. <laughs> yeah. You know, my, my my very first record I ever got was uh, I, went, I moved to the Bay Area in 1962, and I had a little uh, like RCA uh, turntable with stereo speakers, and so the first album that was ever given to me, really for my birthday, was by Bobby Boris Pickett, who was a radio personality at KRLA, Los Angeles. But the interesting part was years went by, and I became friends with the guy that wrote the song. His name was Lenny Capizzi. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lenny was on a couple CD or records I had done, friend and uh, he, he was in the movie called Hot Wax which is the story of, of uh, the early days of rock and roll with uh, Alan whatever his name was and Jay Lennon was in the movie and it was just an interesting time period and, and so I asked him so what's it like being in a movie where you play yourself and he goes it's really weird <laughs> so so if you ever get a chance to see uh, Hot Wax uh, the story <laughs> of rock and roll Absolutely. I know you are. I know you are. Let's get this song on for people. I want them to hear it, okay. and I, but I want you to introduce it. Okay, I will. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure and uh, gratuity to my friend Jacqueline Jacks to play this song, We're Gonna Be Free, by the Swinging Jazz. station I hope you're gonna be on it If that's your things Come on down We're all gonna sing a little song Wrap your sister and start to run Through the woods of Tennessee Oh, we're gonna be 